Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode. Today I am joined by Kat Cooper. How are you Kat? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Kat has came here today to talk about falling pregnant at 16 and finding out that her daughter Ella um, has epilepsy. Yeah. Ella is now 11 years old and you're kind of wrapping, you've got your head wrapped around, would you say, yep. what's going on for now? Yeah, for now. What's yep. going on for now? Yep. Beautiful. But we've got Kat to come on today just to open up and talk about what it's like having a daughter with epilepsy whilst also having a child so young and just talking about a, a day-to-day life, I guess, in, yeah, having Ella. Yeah. So take it away. Do you want to tell us about falling pregnant at 16? How scary. Sure. Yeah. Um, not on my rate. Like, you know, you don't anticipate that like no. at all. Um, but, you know, we made the choice that we were going to parent her and had such a huge support network, which was really good. Um, I was at St. Martin's at school at the time. I was super conscious. I wore my big, like, year 12 jacket zipped up and just tried to hide it. Like, because, what was that, like 11 years ago, it wasn't... Not that it's common now, but it wasn't like you don't show it wasn't your, no, yes. not at all. I didn't want to be seen out. I didn't wear like bump friendly clothes. Like I, it just. I had a great pregnancy though. Like it was cruisy. Nothing went wrong. Like I loved it. Mm-hmm. But from a social point of view, like I wasn't flaunting it at yeah. all. Um, and so she was due on Australia Day. Um, and in 2010, had her the day before on the 25th, and she was just this like seven pound cute as a button like just little baby um and she yeah so my labor was quite long um had her she was put on my chest and she didn't cry and I remember thinking wicked like a baby that doesn't cry like you beauty like scored hit the jackpot and that is my biggest regret now that I didn't question it more but like her her, her, I was 16 yeah her apgars were okay, you know, you, you're young, you've got a baby put on your chest, you're a hot mess everywhere else, like, yes. and just coming to terms with it. Um, but knowing what we know now, um, she would have been in a in a seizure then or in a post-dictal form of a seizure, which is called, like, the aftermath. Once she came out. Yeah, yeah. So that's my one sort of big kicker. And that's not to say that every baby that's born that doesn't cry is having a no. seizure like it was just knowing what we know now yeah i wish that i had pushed it but you know it's just what it is yeah so had her um got her home you know got her into routines and stuff um my mum was a huge help um and like we're super close and then at three months of age i was at a parenting group and she went limp and she was blew around her mouth and i was just like what's going on so we rushed her to the gp and um, next thing like an ambulance was called and were admitted and this whole thing. And they said that she had an infection and it caused a febrile seizure. And I was like, okay, like no worries. Yep. We can do that. So we we're in hospital for a few days and then got home and, you know, you sort of think, all right, I'll just be a bit careful with germs and like, you know, hand hygiene and stuff like that. And then, so that was three months. And then sort of from that period until she was about 18 months, we had more of these random events where she would, go floppy or she would just appear dazed and it would last like seconds or just a short time and so we'd go to ED and they'd note it all down no no she's just got an infection like you know she's fighting something off okay no worries and you sort of just get 
used to that and thinking that's what it is. Like mm-hmm. I did not even consider that there would be anything more. I just thought she's a kid that's going to pick up bugs. Like this yep. is just how it's going to be. system's low. Yeah, yep. yep, how it's going to be. And then it was um, parade day. Um, she was Christmas parade day and I love Christmas. So like mm-hmm. you're right into it. And she was just before her second birthday. So what's that, like 2012? And she'd fallen down, like just dropped to the ground a couple of times during the day. And I thought, oh, you're just getting used to the shoes you're wearing. Like you're still a little toddler. Mm -hmm. No worries. And we were having a barbecue at home after. And she was just off. Like she just didn't seem herself. So, you know, the things, you put them in a tepid bath and put a little lightweight sundress on her. And we're in the backyard and we had family there. And she just fell backwards and started seizing. So she was, yeah, about, I don't know. 20, 22 months old at that point. Wow. And I went into full fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And I wish that my response was fight, but it wasn't. It was to flight. And I I was the one who was on the phone to the ambulance and my mum was by her side and her dad. And we've got, you know, my nan sitting there watching like family and mm-hmm. stuff and called the triple O and they came and, you know, felt like it took forever. And there she was and her, I remember the sound of her jaw clenching and her every single muscle in her body was being stiff and, she um, had wet herself and a bit of vomit had come when out. She, when she's in like a state like this, is she, is she mentally there or not? Like no, just so her she, body. Yeah, so she can't. Yeah, everything. So she can't hear. Like, okay. I still like we still talk to her and stuff. So that's um, she was having a tonic clonic seizure, which is like your whole body is affected. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time the ambulance got there, um, as soon as I got there, then I sort of thought, right, she's okay, and I went and packed a bag, like, and I. I didn't, my mum was there and her dad, like I didn't stay there. I went inside, I packed the bag, we went in the ambulance and same thing. We got up there and they felt her lymph nodes in her groin and said, oh, she's got an infection. And I went, oh, okay, righto. And we got discharged. Like we didn't even get admitted. Oh my goodness. And then we had a junior doctor and they said, I'm going to do a referral to the neurologists in Adelaide. Cause I can see, you know, you've been coming for a few of these things. I said, okay, yep. Perfect. No worries. So that was in the November. We were due to see the neurologist in April and we were at home. We were going to a wedding. We were, you know, just hanging out at home and, and she had another one. So this was, you know, what, like five, six months later, five months later, had another one and I had just turned at the right time and caught her head as she fell down like on the tiles. And so triple O, we were up there, put us on the ward for um, observation and they said, look, if she doesn't have any more today, like you can go home tonight. And I was like, okay, like no worries. And at that point I'm like, I just want to get my baby home. Like I, I, yeah. I don't want to be here. Like I want to get her home. Like she's fine. Like she's okay. And she was playing with a balloon and she went down again. And I knew some of the nurses and midwives from netball. And I just yelled down the hall to Lisa and they all came running. And so she had the other seizure. And then she, after they have a seizure they go into what's called a postictal state where they get tired like and mm-hmm. they fall asleep they're exhausted because every single muscle in your body is used when you have a tonic clonic seizure yeah, crazy so then the pediatrician came in and said look we'll obviously admit you i'm gonna put in a like a cannula you know so we've got it there ready and so as they were doing that she had another one and then she said and was this the first time that they happened so regularly yeah yeah so this was the first time we'd have had consecutive ones so she had about three within this probably one an hour within about three hours and they said look we're actually going to move you to high dependency and i thought fuck okay mm. all right okay we'll go there and you're only what i was time? like 17 turning 18 yes. like crazy um 
and we'd become quite friendly with one of the nurses just from our you know visits up and back and so we got moved to HDU and I thought okay that's it's okay because they're gonna be able to watch her that's what it's for like they can see her it's more open they can keep a better eye on her no worries and over that 24 hours she had a total of eight and they had to put the oxygen on her every time because she stops breathing every time she has one and they said to us look you know you sort of prepare yourselves and I was just thinking like what like this this can't be it like yeah. she's 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 too like this this is not how our story is going to go like I'm mm-hmm. not losing my child like this is not going to be how it is and the next morning the one of the, the nurse who had she'd keep frequent frequently visited us from peds to hdu she came to me because we were due to see this neurologist like two weeks time she said to me do not let them discharge you without being on medication or flying you to adelaide do not let them discharge you and drive her to adelaide like this and i went if a nurse is advocating so hard for this, mm-hmm. there's something more going on here. Like this, this is a big deal. Yeah. And then the pediatrician came in and he said, I've spoken to the neurology team at the women's and children's hospital, and we're going to start your daughter on a medication called Epilim because it's pretty clear she has a seizure disorder. And that's the, like the second, my whole world just flipped. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know anything about epilepsy i thought it was i'm 24 and don't know anything about epilepsy it's crazy and you were 17 yeah yeah it is a hidden a hidden condition apart you know you see see it on Grey's anatomy you see these big convulsive seizures and there's so much more to it but that's the seizure we were dealing with at the time Mm -hmm. um so and i thought it was strobe lighting like that's what i thought caused it and i was like well she hasn't been there flashing lights like how how can this be like how can we have this And so we started her on this medication. We went home and then my, like, wrapping her in cotton wool helicopter mum just went into, like, of full force. Was. Full force. And from that point, then we eventually went to see the neurologist and they did um, what's called an EEG where they glue electrodes to your head um, and monitor your activity because a seizure is... So your brain sends signals through electrodes. Um, that's how our brains function. And a seizure is when there's a disruption to that information so um they did that glued them to her head and it yeah came up that she had she was having seizures so we we're on this one med and yeah from that point it was sort it's been a, an uphill battle so from about two to five years of age we were trying to find a reason like a cause so we had mris pet scans was there something structural did she have a tumor was there a lesion was there something that could be a cause for this and there was nothing like they all came up clear. So then it sort of goes to childhood epilepsy, which kids can grow out of. Um, and I thought, okay, best case. Like, best case, yeah. that's what we've got. We're going to have a shit run for a few years. And then she'll be all good. We'll be, like, we'll be sweet. Um, so through those sort of three years, we had cocktails of meds. We had not one. Not we have, she was on, like, up to four at some stage. They've all got side effects. She's this tiny little girl and, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of them had her literally throwing chairs in the doctor's room, like, just this. And I'm like, see, like, this is a side effect. And mm-hmm. so we didn't have um, any more of those seizures, like the big tonic clonics, but we were noticing that her – she was just going vague and she would stare off and you'd go, Ella, Ella. And she'd take a few blinks and then she was back to you. Like you would just see the light just go out in her eyes. Um, so with more pushing and more emails and video recording, um, which is so key, especially living regionally, 
is to record anything. Like if yeah. you think there's something wrong with your child, video it because you're there, you're seeing it in the moment. Um, it, yeah, is so key. Because when you always say to the doctor, they're always fine, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, he then agreed to do um, a long-term EEG. So she was going to get those electrodes, same thing, glued to her head, but she would be in hospital for a week and she'd be confined to the bed, video cameras at the end, and they'd monitor her 24-7. So How often? For a week. So like 24-7. Oh, yeah. yeah, so she was yeah, stuck in the bed in women's and kids we packed up all you know coloring books and activities trying to keep this like four-year-old occupied while we we're in hospital and after 36 hours a tech came in and she started taking them off i said what are you doing she goes oh haven't they told you i said told me what and she goes we've caught enough we've caught enough footage and i remember at that point thinking right that is the validation i needed like what i've been seeing what i've been saying what i've been recording they are seizures and it was hard at the time because i thought She's been battling this, but we're, we're here, okay? Like, we're at this next stage. And our neurologist came in and said, look, I think we need to move to genetic testing. And I went, oh, like, okay, like, we don't have epilepsy. Like, her yeah. dad and I don't and no have it. No one in our families, nothing. So, all right, like, we'll do that. Um, so, had bloods taken and they go overseas to America. And I doctor Google things, which, yeah. like... You're not, Like, you just do it. Um, and I... Googled genetic epilepsies and I came across this one and I thought, fuck, this is her. Like, yeah. this this is Ella. This is it. So at this point, she had started school. We were having a shit run in reception. Just, she, it just wasn't working. She wasn't retaining anything. Her behavior was bad. Like, it just was a shit year. And we're on a school excursion and the geneticist called me and she said, we've got a result. And we're out at this farm, like, randomly on this watching mm-hmm. sheep's getting shorn or whatever <laughs> and she said she's got a mutation of the slc2a1 gene she's got glute one deficiency which is what i'd googled and i remember being so elated i was just like yeah we've we've done we've got it like this yeah. is what i've been fighting for since three just months an i've got an answer i've got a name for it like i've got it and we sent messages to family and friends and it was so like i was i was pumped and then it was like, okay, now we have to transition into what this actually means and what this actually is for her. Mm-hmm. And what this means for her future, I guess. Yeah. So we then, um, glute 1 deficiency is a metabolic condition. So when we all eat food, gluc- our brain absorbs glucose and that gives our brain energy. Like, mm-hmm. So Ella's brain doesn't absorb that glucose. So it doesn't penetrate through that blood-brain barrier and it leaves her brain starved of energy, which causes these seizures. Right. So the, oh, there's no treatment, uh, no, sorry, there's no cure, unfortunately, mm. for it. There's only one recommended treatment, and that is the ketogenic diet, and it's not, yeah, fancy. So keto, it's keto. not... Not your fun weight loss keto, like, that's all over Insta. It's a medically prescribed keto. So we so then... So do you want to talk us through what that, that means? Like, yeah. So I, you were saying to me off mic that anything that Ella eats... Yep, yep, so... I have a real love-hate relationship with this diet because it is fucking hard. Yeah. Like, and I'm not the one eating it. Like, it is it is hard. So everything Ella has to fit into, all her meals have to fit a calorie count and a ratio. So she has to have so 2.5 grams of fat to 1 gram of carb. So for diabetics, their ketone levels have to be zero. Like, they're not to have ketones in their system. For Ella, her ketones need to sit between 3.5 and 4.5. So we're putting her body and her brain in ketosis. 
and you can smell it on her breath. It smells like nail polish remover, like it's that acid in her body. So everything she eats is off an Excel database that is every ingredient you can imagine. So say I want to make her, oh, I don't know, like a, a salad, like a chicken salad. I have carrot, cucumber, lettuce, chicken. It's all listed individually. You then have their carb, protein, and fat content, and you've got to work out how many grams to then match that ratio and that um, calorie count. For your 11-year-old daughter? For my 11-year-old daughter, yeah. So she, for example, I might be off by one, so I've got to reduce 10 grams of carrot down to eight, but I need a bit more fat, so I've got to increase the one brand of mayonnaise she can have by one gram. So, you know... it. What a head fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so this is what she has to do for the rest of her life? Yeah. Yeah. But do you feel like now that you've done it for a bit, it's more manageable? It is. I just... I'm so shit at creating recipes. Like, I just get... I just am so shit. I've got a beautiful friend down here whose daughter has been on keto for epilepsy as another treatment, um, and she's just a whiz-bang at it. So she kindly shares us her recipe. Like, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, so Ella's lunchbox looks so different to other kids. I bet it does. She can't just go and snack and graze whenever she wants. She eats at certain times to keep that, keep her brain in ketosis. And so things like gastro, if she gets sick and she can't eat, that sends her ketones sky high. And when they go too high, then it can affect your renal system and you can vomit even more. If she still something which I mentioned off mic last year she had a Tim Tam out the fridge it actually took her out of ketosis it was too much carbohydrate and then we had a breakthrough of those tonic clonic seizures so everything she's monitored heavily with yeah. her eating yeah um so she's 11 years old she is she's at the age now where I guess does she question a lot of things yeah for sure like, like why do I have to eat like this mum like you've got another uh, she's got another sibling yeah like, why doesn't he have to and like, why yep. don't you have to and how can the kids at school get this? So what does – how's that conversation go? Yeah, we ha- it comes in waves. Like we have months where she's super compliant and she's amazing and it might – the only change might be that we got a new recipe and that's just enough to sort of just get us through. But then we have months where, yeah, it's the – like why, why do I have this life? And it's hard. It is yeah. so hard to explain to an 11-year-old. And I've always been so open with her about her epilepsy. We talk about it. We embrace it. We, you know, purple day in March, that's our day. Like mm-hmm. that is our day for epilepsy. We, um, I never want her to be embarrassed or anything about it. Um, but it's, it's hard. I've also been really blunt with her too because, and I don't know, you there's know. There's no point sugarcoating. There's no yeah. point. The, the point is, mate, if you don't eat your food, your ketones are going to go down. Your level's going to go down. And we're at hospital. Yeah. Like that that's our reality. Like it and it's not that's not over dramatizing it at all. That is this is what it is. And we've had many a nights where we're sitting at the table both in tears because she doesn't want to eat it and I'm shit scared. Yeah. Shit scared of what's gonna happen. I've had nights where I have had to spoon feed her. And mm-hmm. you know, she might have been eight at the time and I don't give a fuck because that's keeping her healthy. Yeah. I don't care what you think or you don't think or she's old enough or she should do it herself. She's still a kid and her whole life is so restricted in her diet and then medications and and everything. And it's really hard to, you don't know it when you look at it. Yeah. That's what I was saying to you. I was saying, like, we talk about how mental health is such a, um, 
it's a, like something you don't see. If you have yeah. a broken arm, oh yeah, like everyone gives you sympathy because you've got a broken arm. If you've got noticeable, you've been just been through radio because you've got cancer, you've got no hair, yeah. yep, sympathy for you. But seeing Ella maybe act when she would have been younger as well, acting out, yeah, you can imagine people like, oh, she just needs to be disciplined more or, you yeah. know, something like that. And it's like, well, hang on. Actually, my child has a disability. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And it's a hidden, invisible illness and people just don't get it. And no. I, I get that because I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't get it. I thought a seizure was what you see on Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not get this life. And once you step foot in it, your whole world changes. Absolutely. And How does Ella go at school in that with friends? Like, to have has socially, has it affected her, do you feel? Like, I know that she's had it since she was born. Yeah. But, I don't know, as kids get older, they notice things. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, so for quite a few years, she was the only kid at her school with epilepsy mm-hmm. and she, like, she has a little medic alert bracelet and that's sort of like an opening line with people like, hi, I'm Ella and I've got epilepsy, which yeah. I've always really encouraged her to do. But on the flip side, I don't want it to become her identity either. Yes. So that's where we're at now. Um, but it's been hard. It's hard because there's some days like her brain, she still has now hundreds of daily seizures. So yeah. Does she? Hundreds. Yeah, so her eyes will just stare off for literally a second. That is her having a seizure. Her They'll flicker or she'll have an extended blink or a little eye roll. That's her brain having a seizure. So from doing the keto, that stops the big ones? It has stopped the big ones, yep. But the little ones are still inevitable. Yeah, that's part of this glute one deficiency that she's got. Um, and the other one she's got, she's got two conditions. So mm-hmm. both of them rolled in together. So she um, will never be seizure free um which is our reality Mm -hmm. um so her brain doesn't switch off as a mum, how like how do you like obviously you have to accept it but like how fucking hard yeah there have been days where i have been on my wardrobe floor in the fetal position just balling yeah or i go and like sit in the car wash and pull my eyes out because you don't imagine this when no. you've got when you're gonna have kids at any age. You don't imagine that there is ever gonna be something wrong with your baby. No, stuff that you hear or stuff that you see on TV, it's yeah. not ever gonna happen to your child. And you don't ever envision that they're gonna face adversity or restrictions or not be able to do stuff. Or even just like, like I keep talking about social settings, but because Ella's getting to that age, yeah. Like, you don't want your child to ever feel rejection or not feel like good enough or yeah. for them to feel different. Absolutely. But reality is like. We're all different, yeah. Um, which is probably a positive now with like how we how they talk in schools. Like everyone's different, but everyone's yes. included, and you know you do all that. But at the end of the day, kids can be brutal and oh, kids can be sure. mean. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like we like she's got her netball break up this Saturday, which is exciting. Um, yeah. They're going, you know, doing a couple of activities and going for lunch. We're not going for the lunch part, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, she was flat about it. She's like, yeah. oh yeah, I can't go to that. No, mate, you can't. And yeah. that's her reality is yeah. that... I think it's good that you have been so brutally honest with them because, like, you could have sugarcoated all of this and then she gets to a certain age and has to deal with it. Yeah. Or you can just bring her up to be, right, this is how my life has to be. I can still have fun. Yep. Like, she can still do her netball. She can still yep. hang out. But reality is you've got to be smart about it. And that was the one thing that we... I have always said, I if I could change it, like, of course you would in a heartbeat. Yeah, you take it from your kids in any day. Yeah, but I'm actually really thankful for it because mm-hmm. it has given her a level of resilience and strength that you can't teach that as a mum. And responsibility as well. Yeah, responsibility for sure. 
Like she, she is a resilient little kid and yes, she has hard days and like we all do, but it has given her, um, yeah, something I couldn't teach her. And so for that, I am thankful. Like I fucking hate it, but I'm thankful and it's changed me as a person. It's changed how, like I look at the world. It's Mm -hmm. changed so much and given me a purpose too, because it, like I said, it's a condition that doesn't get talked about. It's got stigma around it because it is confronting, like especially seeing that. But there's over 40 different types of seizures. 40. And you were saying that she, there's only one in 400 people in the world that have what Ella has. Her gene. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. And epilepsy is so broad. Like it is so broad and different seizures affect different people and the different types of seizures and what medication might respond for Ella might not respond for this person. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I'm so thankful that we are here, obviously in Australia. Like I had the opportunity to go to Bali a few years ago for an epilepsy conference and they, a speaker talked about, um, epilepsy in Indonesia and it was heartbreaking because over there you're classed as dead pig or crazy goat. Mm-hmm. And they go to their healers. They have access to one medication and that's it. Isn't that crazy? So crazy. You were talking about as well before about how you've taken Ella to Melbourne to get medical marijuana. I have. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So after, so this was two years ago. So we're on keto. We've been on sort of four different, she's on four different meds. We've tried every medication bar one and her seizures were still ramping up. And I went to our neurologist, and so this was, yeah, about three years ago, and I said to him in Adelaide, what about medical marijuana? And at the time, like, I felt it's such a, I don't know, such a taboo subject to even mention back then. Like, it's obviously talked about a lot more now. And he said to me, that could be the thing that helps her, but I can't get it for you here in SA. And so with that, he increased another med, and we drove home. And the whole way home, I'm thinking... Are you fucking kidding? Mm. You've just dangled that carrot in front of my nose and said, this could help my daughter and you can't get it. And I refer me on to someone that can help me get it. No. So luckily I have a really amazing network of other epilepsy mums um, from Adelaide and a um, couple down here. And a few of them have gone to Melbourne to see a professor over there, Professor Ingrid Sheffer, who is one of the world's leading pediatric neurologists. Like she's insane. So we got a referral, we waited six months, which was quite quick for her, got over there, she discovered this second condition that Ella has a different type of epilepsy, and Ella qualified for a medical marijuana trial. So we were flying back and forth to Melbourne every fortnight, Mm -hmm. start of 2019, then it went to every month, and so it's in the form of a gel that I rub on her skin twice a day, so it goes on her thighs or sort of the back of her shoulder blades, and it has given her a 30% reduction in those smaller seizures that she has. Isn't that insane? It was insane. And so that was year four for her at school. She's now year five. And it was the best year we've had. Like the fog was lifted. She was coming, like she was retaining things, coming home and telling me about angles and perimeters and all this stuff. And like confidence she ran for src she didn't get it but she had the confidence to run and entered the talent show telling jokes and all this stuff and it was heartwarming for you as well it was the best year because i'm like this is her yeah under that cloud under that cloud of seizures that's my daughter like there she is like she her personality is still in there um so in sa you can access medical marijuana in Um, an oil form it can be prescribed 
but the cost of it is between $150 to $200 a bottle. And based on Ella's weight, we would use about three bottles a month. And none of that, I'm guessing, you get back? No. no. So it's not feasible for families. Mm-hmm. It's just not. But I know families that are on it. They are, you know, financially, they're stretched to their limits, but that's where they're at. And the results they're having with their kids is insane. That is so cool, isn't it? And, like, something, like you said, it's so taboo, but, like, hello, your daughter's a perfect example. It fucking works. Yeah, absolutely. So having epilepsy, obviously you can't have a driver's license. Yeah. So that's something that is going to mean that Ella is going to be, I guess, a bit more reliable on you. Yeah. So in SA, you've got to be two years seizure-free. Okay. Which for her, as it stands, is not feasible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So she, like, we will be taxis. and. I mean, I think the beauty is we're in Mount Campia, like nowhere's really that far. Yes. And we've been talking about it with her now. So, yeah. you know. Preparing she, her. Yeah. It will get to that age as well when everyone's in high school. Oh, we're going for our L's and she's going to have to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we've talked about the bus stop is just at the bottom of our hill when her little brother starts school. Or oh, you two can take the bus together. Yeah. And yes. giving her a little bit of responsibility too. Um, and then she's, you know, we've talked about when you're older, you know, you'll have a mobile phone. It might be, you send me a message. Hey mum, Emma's going to take me down the street. Mm-hmm. No worries. Like, I love how open and on- I love how honest you are with her. That, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. I feel like uh, you have to be. And do you feel like as well, because you were such a young mum, like, I don't know. I always feel like any mum obviously has a connection with their child, but yeah. like you being like only 16 years older than her yeah do you feel like that bond is just like i don't know a bit more yeah like i'm not saying okay just to clarify i'm not saying (laughs) that if you have kids older you don't have that bond no i'm just saying you're easy to relate to i guess yeah like there's definitely you know the you know you put your mum hat on when you're like that disciplinarian type thing but we definitely have like we're super close like it is a real friendship there too and i want her to be empowered as much as she can Mm -hmm. and I want her to be confident and Mm -hmm. to you know we've talked about things like okay you can't get your license I said but if you get a job you'll make money like that's what happens and she goes oh so I might be able to buy a house before my friends yeah mate yeah because you won't be spending money on a car yeah you know your money that you work hard for and you save could go towards buying your first house so it's things like that that are and tell her things that she can do and not just focus on yeah, what she can't do. Absolutely. Because just because our life is different does not mean it's worse. No. Or does not mean it's bad. Um, with When it comes to schooling and stuff, like, what do you... If your child has epilepsy, are there certain schools you, like... Yeah. What's the go? Yeah, so that was major for me. So she was at childcare when it all started. And mm. I was, like, anxiety through the roof. And I still do. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's, like, just trauma. Yeah. Um, but so if they can attend any school, there's a centre in Adelaide called the Epilepsy Centre. And that is like your serve, state service provider. So they service Northern Territory as well. Mm-hmm. But the great thing, I shouldn't say great, the fucked up thing about South Australia is that we're the only state that does not recognise epilepsy and gives our centre no funding. Mm. So Real handy. Real handy. Yeah, real great. So they work off donations. They work off... Um, like investors and things like that. So when we got Ella's genetic diagnosis in 2015 and I knew this was going to be a forever thing, I just went, right, right, this is it. So I created Ella's Purple Promise. 
Oh, cool. And our promise is to celebrate, educate, and advocate for epilepsy. So we've raised over about between twenty and thirty thousand for the centre. Oh my gosh! Um, on ver- like doing various events, and it's to I want her to empower her too. So mm-hmm. um, we had a netball, a purple day at the netball courts like three weeks ago, and raised over three grand. So isn't that amazing? Our community is so giving. Oh, amazing. So that money will go towards. Um, bringing epilepsy registered nurses down from Adelaide to Mount Gambier to run first aid sessions, like seizure first aid sessions. Well, I know I work at a school and I'm just thinking now if someone was having a seizure, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, and then create management plans for families so that when your child is going to kindy or going to school, you've got this management plan that you give the staff, you give the educators on how to respond. Yeah. And, like, that's such peace of mind because even now, like, I work in town and you hear sirens, I glance to my phone straight away yeah. and I wait for it to pop up yeah right but so what is if you do see someone having a seizure like yep. just say Ella was a bit older or not even and we see something off because to me like you were saying she could just have rolled her eyes and had a seizure yeah so if someone if she was having like a full-blown on the ground seizure yeah yep. what's can you give some tips of what to yeah. do yeah so whether you know the person whether you don't know them call triple o because mm-hmm. like you're not a trained medical professional, like mm-hmm. call triple O. If there's anything around them that's dangerous, move it. Like if, you know, she was seizing into a cupboard or a chair, try and move it out of the way. Don't restrain them. Do not put anything in their mouth. Do not hold their head. Do not. You can um, get down to their level um, and talk to them, whether they can hear you or not, but just reassuring them that they're there. I think a big thing for me, and touch wood, we have not experienced it yet, is if you're in a public place and there's people watching just usher them away because mm-hmm. you can vomit, you can lose bladder and bowel control, yeah. you dribble. No, like, yeah. So just maintaining that as best you can. And the big, big thing is to time it because anything over five minutes is classed as like a medical emergency. I mean, all seizures are like are emergencies, but to time it. So if you've got a phone, a stopwatch, or there's a clock nearby, or you're just thinking in your head, um, oh, it's been about two minutes. Like that's the best thing that you can okay. do to help someone. Because, yeah, to the net, like you were saying, like to some people, like they wouldn't even know that when Ella's having her little seizures. No. It's obvious when someone's having a big seizure. Yeah. Like, so we could be sitting at the dining room table and Ella would just stare off. And you could think, if you're talking to her, you could think she's just ignoring yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah. and just being a brat, like being yeah, a right. little kid. Um, but she's not, like, she's not there. And sometimes, depending how quick they are, she'll be able to retain the conversation and where she was at. And pick up where she yeah. left off. Yeah, other times you'll, you'll, she'll need a couple of minutes and, and you'll see her. Um, so, yeah, there's things like that. Some people have hallucinative seizures, so they just could start rambling or walking around and they're in a daze and they don't know. Some people have visual hallucinative seizures where they're scribbling and writing and drawing. Yeah. Um, drop seizures where they... they Drop, drop essentially they just drop so they're really dangerous too because mm. of where you are and whatnot so yeah it is there's a lot um and i think knowledge is power too like jump on google yeah what is epilepsy what are seizure types it'll take you five minutes that's to skim over it yeah that's why i'm glad you've come on here because it's like like i said i didn't know anything really about seizures and hopefully people that are listening are like okay right at least i have a bit of an idea if i do see someone yeah having a seizure what i can do yeah for sure um and it can happen to anyone. Like, yeah. it doesn't discriminate. You know, you could have people later in life who maybe have been playing footy and got a few head knocks and maybe they're 40-year-old men and they're having their first seizure. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have kids that are having childhood epilepsy. You could have 
kids that maybe didn't have oxygen at birth. Like there's so many different things or meningitis, getting an infection. Mm -hmm. There's so many different things and there's so many triggers too. So like I mentioned before, like gastro. So for us, illness, tiredness, dehydration, and Ella's photosensitive as well. So the flashing lights are a factor for us. So mm-hmm. we, um, my husband, Jason, and I make sure our cars have the darkest window tint because yeah. driving up to Narracourt, the, you know, for example, the light flashing in the trees will trigger her seizures. Yeah. So she's got to have polarized sunglasses mm-hmm. pretty much 365 days of the year. Even the tiniest bit of glare will set them off. So she rocks up to school with her sunnies on um, and that's, you know, the kids know that. They know yeah. that she's got to wear them, um, which is really good too. She plays netball with them, like, and yeah. other clubs know. That's just her life. That's, that's just, just her. That's just her. Yeah. yeah. So that's just, you know, things. It's just like when someone has needs a hearing aid or something, yeah. that's just them. Yeah. And that's just things we need to be extra vigilant about too. Yeah. Like where we go, not staying out late and, you know, knowing that if we, or if we have had a late night, we're going to probably pay for it the next day. Like yeah. she's going to have she needs a rest day. Like mm-hmm. we're going to see an increase in seizures too. So yeah, there's a lot of factors. You don't stop. And like as a mum, like in general, you don't stop. So this is just like overdrive. Overdrive for sure. My yeah. mind. And there is. Did it ever stop you? Did it, did it ever make you think, oh, do I, do I really, could I really handle another child? Or did you um, always know you wanted to have another child? I always child? knew I wanted another one, but I was terrified. Like yeah. I was convinced. I said to Jason, my husband, I said, this, like, we need to get this baby tested. Like, I, yeah. I want to know. So we did, like, and he was fully on board. And our GP said to us, will it change your decision? They wanted to do an amnio. And they said, would it change your decision to parent? And he answered before me. He said, no. Yeah. Like, and, you know, thankfully, Patrick doesn't have epilepsy. Um, mm-hmm. But if he did, like, I'd know, I'd know what to do. Like, yeah. I can do seizures like the back of my hand, which mm-hmm. is not a skill that I thought I would ever have on my resume. But you do. But I do. Um... And it's not a bad thing. And you know what? How cool that Ella is going to grow up, like, rocking it. Yeah. And she's going to grow up and educate others and yeah. be that per. Like, I know you I know you said you don't want epilepsy to be her identity, and it won't be, but she will be an advocate for it. Yeah, and that's the whole reason why I created Ella's Purple Promise, because yeah. it's something for her too. It's something to give her a... I don't know what the word is. To give her pride too mm-hmm. like yeah i'm not alone and there's many others yeah. and we're gonna we damn straight are gonna be there when there's a change we're gonna be a voice for getting marijuana legalized in yes. sa we're gonna be a voice for getting the epilepsy funded in sa because why should our kids suffer yeah like it's already debilitating enough absolutely it's not fucking fair so um i've said a few times like to family and friends like it kind of picked the wrong family to, to come with. Yeah, because like, I'm not going to give up like, yeah. I, and I won't. I mean, there is always that fear like in the pit of my stomach and in the back of my mind, it's always there and I don't think it'll ever go. And I think you have that as a mum anyway, but yeah. it's just amplified like that one day it will get her. Yeah. One day it will take her. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so morbid and I don't... But it, it's... That's our my reality though mm-hmm. because one bad seizure, like that's... That's our black and white. She, you know, could be a kid and take a Tim Tam again and have a seizure outside on the concrete and fall on yeah. her head. Yeah. She could be at school on a playground. And mm-hmm. I don't want to scare her from doing those things, but that is the harsh reality. Yeah. Or there is a thing called SUDEP, which is sudden unexplained death in epilepsy, and that's people who just pass away. Yeah. So, like, that, it's real. It's a very scary reality for you. Yeah, for sure. And it happens. 
Um, and that's another reason where another another way our funding goes is to give seizure mats to families. So oh, yes. they um, lay on your mattress and will alarm you. So Oh, wow. Yeah, if your child's having a convulsive seizure. So, you know, for parents, I know parents who have had their kids on mattresses on the floor in their room because, you know, you, you need to be there. Like, and yeah. it, it is terrifying. And until, you know, until you've witnessed it and until you've seen it, that pain and, and trauma, I don't think you can fully convey and no. comprehend. Um, but... Don't extend, understand the extent. No, you can not imagine, at all. but you don't actually understand. When it's it. your child there, yeah. and you're literally seeing them stopping breathing, and the life just be taken out of their eyes, and you can't do anything. You can't it's stop it. A very helpless feeling. Yeah. yeah, for sure, helpless and yeah, terrifying. Yeah. But you know, we I could have just I don't know fallen in a heap, but you mm-hmm. can't. You've got to keep going. Yeah, and it's your child. It's your child. You've got to keep going and you've got to trust your gut and advocate and, and push and push. Yes, I was going to say that. So one of, like wrapping this up, I guess one of the things you can say is you know your child best. Absolutely. Yep. I, in my gut, I knew there was more than just childhood epilepsy. Mm. I knew that there was something else going on. And you knew on. that back when you were 16 that it wasn't just her just being a bit sick. No, there was something else going on. Like yeah. I had cousins that had had kids and their babies weren't sick all the time they get infections all the time and have seizures so you know your baby you know yourself and like i said not don't diagnose yourself on dr google but knowledge is power Mm -hmm. research and google and take all that when you go to appointments and push for appointments and i was the mum who was ringing the neurology department every second day when's our appointment this is increasing she's done this today i was emailing and sending videos and you're not a pain, you're not a pest. It's your child's life. And you are <laughs> deserving of every op- opportunity you can get to give them and get an like to give them the help they need and get an answer. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So I hope that this like we've only done around 40 minutes but and this is only obviously remember a tiny snippet into day to day in your life cap. Yeah. Um but I hope that this has given like brought up some awareness about epilepsy. Um, you've discussed some things that we as people that don't go through it, but who knows? Like, for instance, my child in my stomach right now could end up being epilepsy. Yeah. Our, you know, anyone you know at any stage could go through this. So it's, yeah, it's good to be educated. We've had a few, I've had a few like local mums whose children are starting their journey. Yeah. And so like, and that's another thing, like my DMs are always open. I was going to ask that, yeah. Because... It is so confusing and confronting when you start and when you... It feels very isolating. It's so isolating. Yeah. It's so isolating because you're terrified and you're traumatised and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do. And becoming a mother in the first place is fucking terrible. Like, um, not ter- I wasn't going to say terrible. <laughs> um, what was that word? Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying, let alone all this shit on top of it. Yeah, for sure. So I give you so much credit, and especially having her at 16, like, that is life-changing in its own. Yeah. So you should be very proud of yourself and how far you have come. And Ella's so lucky to have a support network like she does. Yeah, for sure. She's going to be, I mean, this whole tween phase is a whole new world, but um, <laughs> she's going to be one strong lady she when is. she's older. Yeah. She already is. And yeah, I'm just... That's, that's credit to you. Yeah. Though, we really are just is. so proud of her each and every day. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's okay. We're going to, um, 
have a few photos of Ella posted when she was getting all her medical stuff done. Yeah. Just so you can see a bit of the reality, I guess, of how young she was and yeah yeah and if those people are on that path what to sort of expect to because there's a lot that goes into it but yeah just so you're a bit more aware absolutely and like Kat said message her if you are going through something similar even it's just a shoulder to vent to absolutely if you've got a question or just need to vent absolutely because you're not alone epilepsy is a bitch but you know you might have it but it doesn't have you absolutely I love that that's a good one Anyway, thank you so much for coming on and sharing and opening up. I appreciate it. No worries. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.